0: Welcome to the Bar Variations Podcast. Go behind the bar with me, your host, Michelle Duval, As I interview leaders in the industry, we'll talk about how bar impacts their lives, what's inspiring them today, and take the conversations that usually stay in the studio out into the community. Grab a seat because there's plenty of room at the bar. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode two of the Bar Variations Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, and on today's episode, I'm sharing some fears, as well as an interview with two of my favorite ladies, Nadia Murdoch and Shannon Warner. So since last episode, I got to do some traveling. I went out to Colorado, and I had the pleasure of teaching the Bar Variations teacher training at Petal Den in Telluride, Colorado. If anyone's been to Telluride, you know what a beautiful place this is. So inspiring. It was incredible. It also snowed for two days and it was like living in a magical snow globe on the Hallmark Channel. The inner Elsa princess in me was coming out in full force. I felt like I was completely in my element. And because of this, I felt completely in alignment. I just felt like I was in exactly the right place and at the right time. And things that kind of come up for me when I know I'm in alignment consist of this: nature, movement, creativity, and community. And this weekend consisted of all of those things. And you put that little all these ingredients together, you know, the nature, the moving, and the creating and the building of a community, It's my recipe for pure, pure joy. And first of all, the nature was unlike anything else. The mountains were gorgeous. And after about six years, I got to go cross-country skiing. So six years ago, I bought skis. It snowed a bunch in New Jersey where I was living at the time. Got to go cross-country skiing quite a bit. And then after that, we had kind of crappy winters. And then I moved. And my skis are still sitting there. So this was the first time I got to go shuffle around in the snow. I don't know if you can call it skiing what I do. It is more of a little shuffle and a glide. But it was so, so fun. Um, Yeah, if you haven't tried cross-country skiing, I'm afraid of downhill skiing. That is definitely, we're talking about fears. That is a fear of mine. Put me on a mountain, face down, and the speed, mm -mm, no, no, no. No, I'll start crying I did ride the gondola while I was in Telluride up to Mountain Village and I had to talk myself through it I was like you're okay you're okay you're not gonna fall somebody else would have fallen on this you're safe <laughs> and it was you know whatever I have this fear of heights and I was taking pictures so later on I could Scroll back and be like, oh yeah, so beautiful. I'm so glad I did that. <laughs> and the poor lady across from me was probably like, what is this crazy lady doing? She looks like she's crying, <laughs> not because it's cold out. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> and also my creative muscle during this weekend was being worked and inspired through the training, so that felt really good. And each training, something new always comes up for me. I learn something new. I discover something new in my own teaching and. It was great, and I was also welcomed into this community, and, and it was a new community for me. And Telluride, if you've never been, it's a small town, which gets an influx of tourists, but it still operates like a small town. Everyone knows each other, and you know, for good and bad, And I think sometimes that in a small town, these people know you in ways that maybe others, Don't you know when you maybe remove yourself from that small town? So it was really great, and the feeling of support, camaraderie, kindness, and hospitality was so strong. I just was welcomed with open arms and really got to kind of settle into this town for a weekend and feel like home, which was amazing. And big thanks to my host, Alyssa, the owner of Petal Den, for making this weekend such a treasure for me. So thank you. And this weekend, I get the pleasure of hosting. I'm hosting the Bar Variations teacher training at my home studio in Brooklyn. I don't own this studio, but I operate out of there. I teach Pilates out of there. I teach Bar Variations out of there. I'm teaching the trainings out of there. So Brooklyn Heights Pilates is where I call home when I'm teaching, and I cannot wait to welcome the new trainees this weekend. And I've got more dates. They're coming, so Stay tuned. And most importantly, if you would like to share your community with me and you want to host, don't hesitate to reach out to me. So send me an email at info at dot com. I'll link that in the show notes. And if you have any questions or you just want to reach out, drop me a line. If you want to vote for your town for me to come to, send it my way, please. <laughs> so before I dive into the scary stuff and the fears Let's talk about last episode's community question. So last week's question was, what inspires you about Bar? And it was really fun to hear from all of you. And I'm going to share a couple of those because I think these two just nailed it right on the head and summed up what a lot of us had been saying or have contributed to this question and how we feel in general. So first up, Mary said, Quote, I stay inspired by engaging with people and my environment. I look to other creators, end quote. Thanks, Mary. And I agree. Finding inspiration from colleagues and mentors and engaging with others is a great way to stay inspired. You know, if you teach at a large studio and you're able to take classes with your colleagues, amazing. You're Probably not teaching in exactly the same way. And even better, if you live near your mentors or teachers that you look up to, another great way to kind of tap back into your roots, you know, where you learned from and rediscover things that you maybe have forgotten about or learn new things that they're offering up to you. So engaging in this way in person to person is so, so important. And we get more inspiration nowadays too all around us so from social media so if you can't get person to person the internet's amazing this is such a great way too to engage with others and it's a great tool that we have to fuel our own creativity and our own fire to teach right little clips that we see we can follow teachers in other cities we can you know chat and ask questions and It's really, really great. So thank you. Thank you, Mary, for sharing that. And next up is Lindsay. She shared, quote, in my opinion, I am inspired to explore and learn other formats of fitness when I train or teach bar. I am now learning about Pilates, heavy lifting, and booty yoga. The bar method I trained in touches a little on each of those formats. I find myself exploring and learning the Pilates positions and exercises, especially during our core segments. We also have a few lightweight arm segments, so a complete understanding of how the muscles work and what, mu- what the muscles do is essential. Lastly, we incorporate fun and feisty cardio combinations, so I get inspiration from my booty yoga. I was a dancer for many years and took classical ballet classes while in college, and I'm still in love with dance. I'm thrilled to come back to my roots and be on the other side of the bar, the teaching side, unquote. Thank you, Lindsay. That's amazing. So like Lindsay, I also come from a multi-disciplined background. You know, many years I was a dancer. That's kind of where I got my movement start. I started as a very tiny human taking dance classes, and I went through college for dance, and... um, dance professionally and found Pilates through that and as the years roll on I've gained various other trainings have those under my belt and I love being inspired and influenced by each of them it makes my classes rich with information and the movement diversity makes it so much fun and I know this week on social media we're talking about fun and It is fun. If it's not fun, then why are we doing it? We have to move and let's not make it a chore. Let's keep it fresh and silly and exciting and interesting and whatever fun means to you. So in bar we find many different styles and fusions and that offers something for everyone. So everyone can have fun doing bar. What's better than that? (laughs) So I know inspiration is great. Like how can you knock that? but what happens when that inspiration starts to feel overwhelming, right? What happens when social media feels like it's inundating you or it's just making you kind of feel bad, like, oh, why am I not doing that? Why didn't I think of that? Or it's just too much content coming at you and you just don't have time for it because you have to teach and whatnot. So, Have you ever thought of that? Like, has inspiration ever overwhelmed you? And for me, one of the biggest fear-based stories that keeps kind of rearing its ugly head is the one about no matter what someone else, they are always working harder, someone else is always keeping longer hours, and ultimately this imaginary someone else in my mind is more successful than I will ever be. But I know. That is a story that keeps coming up that I keep needing to push back down. And during my training, it came from a place like I really unpacked this over the years. It wasn't just, oh, this is, you know, this is it. I had to do a lot of journaling and considering. And this fear-based story came about during my training as a dancer. I would hear My teachers say, and I quote, Someone out there is working harder, showing up earlier, leaving later, and has more drive. Now, this statement was meant to light the fire under our little dance booties, which it did. Don't get me wrong. It's like, yes, I can be that person. But it took me a long time to realize that the same statement was also holding me back. It turned into a story in my head that no matter how hard I work, I will never be good enough because someone else out there is better than me, which could be true, right? Definitely there are people better than me out there. But telling myself over and over again that I will never be good enough. No matter how hard I tried. And although I always work hard, I show up early, I am a annoyingly punctual person. And I leave last and I do all of the things, all of these great things for my work ethic, the story started to shift a little and I started to settle for second best or second place. It was was okay with me for a long time and I didn't realize I was okay with that I didn't realize I let myself get to that place because I would tell myself there's a lie that I wasn't good enough if I wasn't succeeding in the way I wanted to I would settle and kind of say to myself "Mm -hmm, it's okay I have enough don't need any more or I'm fine with this much I was holding myself back from living up to my fullest potential. I thought I was going for it, but then I would stop short of all the way. Now on the outside, I was doing amazing things. Don't get me wrong. But on the inside, I wasn't appreciating my successes. And I was also holding myself back from the potential of achieving even more. Full abundance here. Now this fear-based story is one that I am now able to quiet down, stuff back into its dark little hole it came from. And what helped me from unblocking myself was to start to just recognize that this fear existed. So when the noise starts and the I'm not good enough start to get louder, I start by saying to myself, preferably not out loud on the subway, because Well, I mean, sure, fine. Maybe on the subway, shout it out onto the rooftops. Why not, right? Don't hold back. Anyways, I say to myself, okay, I hear you. Got it. Okay. Now let's move on. Simply recognizing, I hear you. That's it. I don't have to believe it. I hear it. and I just let it go and move on the letting go part we'll get into, don't you worry, we'll talk more about that in future episodes for sure, but right now, just the simple acknowledgement of, I hear you, that's it, I know I'm not the only one that has these fear blocks, and so wherever you are, subway or not, in the middle of the grocery store, in your car, raise your hand if you're with me, anyone look at you? I'm just kidding. Okay, (laughs) I'm such a nerd, I'm sorry. But we all have these things that we tell ourselves that are just not true. But we believe them and we hold ourselves back and we get into this block where we're not fully accepting the abundance that we could be having in our lives. So for this week's community question, I want to know... What stories are blocking you? Okay, so what are fear-based stories are potentially blocking you? Share with me by emailing me at info@barvariations.com. At so I cannot wait to hear from you and let's start busting through these myths. So all right, guys, so next up, I'll be sharing my interview with Nadia Murdoch and Shannon Warner. These ladies and I have teamed up for a one-day event in San Diego on March 10th called Bar Babes Unite. We will be talking all about this, so sit tight and, you know, relax, maybe. Yeah, sure, relax. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. <laughs> Are you a bar addict, a social butterfly, or just getting started in bar fitness? Do you want to feel good and look good during your sweat session? If the answer is yes, you must visit fitforbar.com and shop their exclusive activewear and athleisure styles designed for your bar workout and beyond. From hats to bar socks and everything in between, each piece from this female-owned boutique has been bar tested and approved from the best in the business. And with free domestic shipping, easy returns, and a buy now pay later option, fitforbar.com provides an online shopping experience Fit for a Bar Queen. So go ahead and treat yourself to some new apparel from fitforbar.com. You deserve it. Happy shopping. Hi listeners, thank you for joining. And I'm here today with Nadia Murdoch from Nadia Murdoch Fit and Shannon Werner, owner of Relevate in San Diego, California. Welcome, ladies. Just a little bit background about them. Shannon holds a 200-hour yoga teacher certification through Radiant Yoga and YogaWorks and received her BAR certification through BAR3. She is certified Level 1 Stop Pilates instructor and is currently working towards her full certification. And Nadia is a nationally recognized fitness coach, bar instructor, and published author and regular on-air fitness expert as seen on E! News, Fox, Today.com, Self, Harper's Bazaar, and Life & Style, just to name a few. And after changing her own life via her weight loss journey to a healthier lifestyle, she became dedicated to sharing that power with others through her company, Nadia Murdoch Fit. And Nadia holds a BA in psychology, certified in bar and pop Pilates instructor welcome ladies hello hello thank you so much for having uh, us I do have to add Shannon I believe you have your PhD I,
1: I think do. I <laughs> do that wasn't in the bio I
0: got but I have to throw that in there so uh,
1: yeah back a long time ago I kind of earned that along the way yes earned <laughs> I think is
0: not a strong enough word for that one Um, Well, welcome. And we all got connected through the lovely Instagram. And I've had the pleasure of meeting Nadia in person at one of the Bar Variations Creativity Workshops. And now through social media, through connecting, we are co-hosting a one-day community event called Bar Babes Unite coming up on March 10th in San Diego. So I'm so excited that we get to connect in another way. Some of our audience and listeners here can kind of hear our conversations that have been happening behind the scenes while planning this event. And I just want to thank you again for joining, sharing your story and being on this podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank thank you. 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 I know that was a long intro. It's two of you. (laughs) Um, So now your turn. Um, Let's get started. Nadia, I want to hear from you. How did you get your start in movement as a kid or maybe later in life? I want to hear the beginning of your story.
2: Yes, sure. <laughs> so as a kid, I was actually
0: born with a heart murmur. So I was
2: restricted with a lot of activity that I could do. But I always found myself gravitating to it. Like I wanted to do dance, I wanted to do tennis. But because the heart murmur didn't um, correct itself, my mother was very hesitant, and eventually had corrective heart surgery at 18. And so I feel like that really kind of set my path for fitness, even though I didn't immediately fall into it. I first got my degree in psychology. You know, you try to do the the, the logical thing out of college, <laughs> you know, you have your parents breathing down. There's no career in that, you know. So, you know, I went that <laughs> route, but I kept finding myself going back to fitness. And um, as I was working, I got my degree in psychology and my master's in PR and I ended up doing event planning. Crazy. So I mean, then I good. found myself uh, still loving fitness. I had gained a lot of weight in college, and I just became really involved in trying to better myself and lose the weight. So I started writing for um, a site back in the day called Examiner.com. It's no longer around. And when I was doing that, I I found myself rushing home to do that. Like I didn't even care about my nine to five. I just wanted to do everything fitness. And at that point, that's when I was just like, "What am I doing? I'm wasting my time. Uh, I'm not happy." And as soon as I gave that up and launched Nadia Murdoch Fit full time, I was just really, really happy. I'm really glad I did that. And I love that I'm able to take my personal take on my wellness journey and be able to apply that to my students and clients.
0: Make a thing. I love how you say the logical choice. I had to do a lot of convincing. I have a degree in dance performance, not even education, like straight up how do you perform on a stage degree. <laughs> <laughs> so um I think my parents were happy when I uh actually got a job and they're like, "Oh wow, like you can do something with this."
2: <laughs> yeah, cuz when they're not aware, they're like, "My parent, my mom's a nurse, my dad's an accountant." And they're like, "What? What are you doing?" Like it was just so foreign to them, mm. but there's so
0: much out there,
2: especially now, there,
0: too. There is. And do you think your mom being a nurse kind of um influenced a lot of your choices as a kid with movement because, you know, she was maybe of too much knowledge of what's going on with your murmur and all that- of that?
2: Definitely. Because I really, again, because she was so fearful, um, a lot of the, the wellness in the home was what we ate. And, you mm. know, there was never junk food, there was never like, you know, pizza was a treat. um, So I think that that really helped to follow me and throughout my life. And like, and that's what
0: I'm teaching my own child. So definitely, from that point of view, she definitely influenced me. Mm-hmm. And Shannon, how about you? What was your the beginning of your journey slash deviation into PhD life? Like? <laughs> yeah, man,
1: it's a long story. Where begin? <laughs> I mean, with in terms of movement, I remember being really the opposite of what you would think a fitness instructor would be. Kind of awkward. I was more in the music, into music and arts as a kid. Like I loved. I played music and loved music since very little and played clarinet and I was really big. I was a total nerd. I mean, let's just face it. Um, (laughs) I just loved studying. I loved school. So I remember my parents putting me into softball long ago and just kind of fumbling my way through, like didn't love it. My dad coached me, um, tried to go through high school sports, just wasn't into it. And of course I ended on, ended up doing band and music and all of these things. But I remember, Specifically, working out and feeling this immense sense of ease. And back then, I mean, talk about this is in the 90s now, like, you know, tapes of, you know, these aerobics tapes oh. or like a ski machine yes. or something like that. Just, <laughs> just feeling endorphins or like going for a jog, which was kind of like a walk. A yog, maybe it wasn't even like a job <laughs> yeah. You know, and like just feeling like you're listening to music and being like, oh, and my CD player, you know, and like, and this is so great, you know, and I remember going to college, so then it was like, I had a similar situation. Like went to college. I wanted to do music. My parents were like, you should be a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and I loved science in, in high school. And so I went to a music school, Ithaca College um, in New York State, and, but ended up pursuing science. But really, the whole time in the background, this is the first year, 2001, I found yoga is I remember going on the mat and hearing Sanskrit and be like, what was that? Like, you'd like me to do what with my leg, you know? And just but really immediately feeling this sense of home. And as time went on, I moved to San Diego to go to UCSD to pursue my PhD in biochemistry. And then it was like, I was working out in college, I mean, it's the snow belts, like you're working out in the gym and I'm like row machine, whatever. I moved to San Diego and it was a playground. So, my background's definitely not in dance and what you would think a traditional mm. bar instructor would be. Like, mine was in like <laughs> crazy stuff, like being in the gym, <laughs> lifting, and then I did some yoga. When I moved to San Diego, I got introduced to triathlon. And of course, this is huge here uh, in San Diego. And so I remember within my first, second year, like getting an old bike and then started jumping into the pool a couple times a week and then started running more. And then suddenly over three years, I was training for my first Ironman. Ooh, so girl, yeah, wow. was, it was crazy. I look back, <laughs> it was like over 10 years ago now, I was like, what was I doing? But really into it. And the, the big thing immediately that pulled me into triathlon was community. I know we'll talk a lot about that today, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. And it was just feeling welcome. (laughs) It was just feeling welcome in a group of people who are super stoked on moving a certain way, being in the sunshine, swimming in the ocean, competing. Of course, my back, you know, I'm competitive. Like I was really competitive in school and music and going to competitions and things like that. And triathlon fed that competitive Mm -hmm. fire in me. So, but then I got really Mm -hmm. injured doing it because I didn't know anything about functional movement. I was just, pounding myself into the pavement literally you know riding 120 miles on the bike and then trying to ride you will
0: never ever see me do that (laughs) (laughs) I
1: mean I look now I'm like I would never ever do that again right I was like who was I back then no it's amazing but um you know and then go do like a five mile run to like simulate what it would be like in the race and um I had no idea about glute strength. I had no idea what hip extension was. I didn't know what my hip flexors were. And I didn't, you know, I didn't even as a scientist, I was a molecular scientist. I didn't know a lot about anatomy. And why was I in pain a lot of the time? Like my shoulder froze a lot. My left hip, you know, hurt Mm -hmm. a lot. I had a lot of IT band syndrome issues. Um, So Finally, when the Ironman was done, I was cooked, like literally it just uh. my adrenal glands were cooked from just like working, you know, a PhD student, you're working all the time um, and then do a training, you know, 20 hours a week plus and then do this race. And that was it. And I realized in that moment that, you know, I was going to retire from triathlon, what at the ripe age of 28 or something like that. It wasn't going to be a longevity <laughs> thing for me. And that's when I realized I really needed to find something else. And the running kind of went away, and then the yoga picked back up and did my certifications. And then I uh, moved back to Boston for a while, came back to San Diego, and that's when I found bar. It was now five years ago, finding bar. So, but then it was like all this functional movement that inspired me. It was like, what do the muscles do? Why do you do it? Why do you want to move a certain way to strengthen, lengthen muscles? And then, I mean, you know, I could go on forever, but it was just like a really <laughs> unique journey. Like, I didn't Super. start dancing and but it led me here which is really interesting yeah and you
0: know what I have to say that most people the the misconception is that you know obviously there are a lot of dancers that do bar or do fitness but you'd be so so I actually was pleasantly surprised and kind of like made me a little bit more excited about it because it's a little bit more interesting when you're you're not is like my take on it mm. and there's a lot of people that the roundabout journey like how it informs your life and how you get introduced to it. And um, this kind of goes to like what you were saying. And Nani, maybe you can start us off. Is there like a moment, I'll tell like a little bit of story about myself. Like, is there like a hindsight moment where you're like, oh, that makes sense what I'm doing now because of, you know, something, a telling thing that was happened when you were younger. Like I can remember picking up my mom's, you would mentioned fitness in the nineties, which I'm a little nineties baby, <laughs> like or kid, actually, I, whatever. I'll age myself. I was born in the 80s, you know, grew up in the 90s mostly and my mom had the thigh master and I was yeah, all right. <laughs> oh God, I, love it. I mean, I was, Yeah, yes. baby. <laughs> and hello magic circle. Hello. Mm-hmm. Mouse, like every weekend like I would wake up and I would literally mouse her size. Like I would turn it on and it was like my Favorite show. And I would just dance around and like hang out with Mickey Mouse. (laughs) And and then going into high school, like we had to do weight room. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with lifting weights, but when you're a teenage girl and there's like cute, sweaty, and not cute, and whatever, all hormones happening in a gym, and you're supposed to lift weights in front of a bunch of boys, I was like, "Mm." I mean, I'm either going to get really competitive because I have brothers, or this is like, I I don't know. I don't want to like all sweaty in the middle of the day like what am I I'm going to dance later why am I doing this so we would get together and we'd black out the windows of one of the gym rooms and we'd put on buns of steel it was so fun awesome <laughs> and <laughs> these are like a throwbacks. <laughs> yes I'm like those oh and VHS there was no DVDs yeah. and so yeah. I have these moments where I'm like oh I never thought I would just land and fitness, you know, I danced for years and there's always that, like, what are you going to do after dance? And I thought maybe I would own a studio or maybe I would do this, but <laughs> looking back and remembering those things, I'm like, oh, it was so obvious. And I'm like stealing my mom's thigh master. Like I was meant to do this. <laughs> so Nadia, maybe you can start off. Is there like, um, you know, just a moment or a story that you have that you're like, oh, wait. the roundabout way starts yeah. to tie together a little bit.
2: Totally. So I'm pretty tall for my age growing up. So I always felt it's sort of like from a mental because my whole tagline is train your mind, change your body. So I always felt bigger, even though I wasn't big, but that's what, oh, you're so big for your age. And that just kind of like hung over Mm. my head. So I was starting to become obsessed. I I wouldn't say it was unhealthy. I would say at times it was um, because back then, you know, if you were a size seven, you were fat. So mm-hmm. for me, I was just like, oh, my God, I need to work out. I need to whatever. So similar to you, I'd grab some some of my mom's DVD. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, VHSs. I'd <laughs> pop them in and get in the basement. And I would, like, do step aerobics. And I would do all that stuff. And I think my obsession, although it helps me to be healthy, it was, in the back of my mind, is because I always felt like I was big. And so mm. now when I, when when people – to this day, people are like, I'm so big. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I, like, that just really just pulls at me because I cause I, I know what where where they're coming from, and it's, it's the comparison to others. So I really mm-hmm. try to uh, tie that feeling of me as a 12-year-old, 8-year-old to this day when I'm working with someone because people are so hung up with what other people look like that they're not concentrating on themselves. So I feel mm-hmm. like these little experiences from working out in my basement I did like a teen aerobic class in my local <laughs> gym with my friend it was like a limited thing you had to go with your mom like I feel like <laughs> I've always loved fitness but I think my love for fitness the purpose of fitness for me changed over over the years like originally it was to be um like Tyra Banks but then oh, uh, you know to present day it's about being healthy and happy with myself so yeah.
0: That's, I love that. And I mean, just saying like, you know, your 12 year old old self, like I was somebody who was always a mover. It was was just second nature to me. And when it comes to body image, we all have that story or that kind of limiting belief of like, Oh, I'm too fill in the blank. I'm too tall. I'm too short. I'm too big in the hips. I'm too, like we can all pinpoint a spot in ourselves that we want to change and, that I think we can remind ourselves that everybody wants to change something and you shouldn't want to change it but those are natural thoughts and natural feelings and kind of getting comfortable with that trigger a little bit or that limiting belief and being able to quiet it down and being like no I like feeling healthy I like moving it's fun it's you know I'm with my friends or I feel community or you know it it changes but when you're When you're younger, it can be, you know. For me, it was about the performance. I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to get it on the right count, (laughs) and and that now to me, it's like I just want to move. I want to feel good, you know. Um, So, Shannon, how about you? Is there like a a story in your band days, or maybe before, of kind of realizing like, oh, this makes sense. Like, oh, so
1: many points. But I really can echo what you both shared. I mean. Growing up, it's funny, over the holidays, I was visiting my parents and was looking through pictures of from baby years up through college. And there was a point where just my weight turned and I just became kind of a chubby kid. And it, it ended up continuing and persisting through, you know, sixth grade. I kind of bloomed early and had pretty bad skin early on. Hormones kicked on pretty early. So I was picked on a lot. Um, and then being kind of on the Smarter and like nerdier, and you know, (laughs) put those two things together, you can imagine. Like high school wasn't as fun as Mm. you know. Some people look back, like I could relive high school. I look back and like, no thanks, you know. It was was pretty tough, yeah. Yeah, And I'll be, you know, I'll be really transparent. Like when I first turned to. exercising like similar like I didn't do Suzanne Somers I don't know if anyone remembers maybe the listeners will remember t- um, Tony Little like his videos <laughs> oh my god yes. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah my mom had his videos oh, oh I have like yeah. all of his little quips and quotes sometimes I say that we just them.
0: have a moment for that ponytail, right can we just <laughs> have,
1: can we have a moment for Tony Little thank you so much yes. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> but I remember she had those videos and um I think and he was the one who had the ski machine thing and I remember like just wanting to fit in I wanted to hide um and not be picked on by other people so I remember Mm. there was this summer that I just went to town actually became a problem like I um lost so much weight and wasn't eating and Mm. it went in the opposite direction and so it was wanting to you know, look like everyone else to be skinny to, uh-huh. you know, not have acne all over my face. I didn't want to be picked on. I wanted to be choose, chosen for the team. You know, it was just like wanting to feel like I was a part of something. And I think that feeling like really still today is what I want to create for other people. Cause I felt like so much pain during that time mm-hmm. is like, I want everyone who comes to my classes or any person that I ever meet who comes into my sphere feel like they're welcome mm-hmm. because I know like how painful it is to like, feel like you're not welcome. You know, oh, that's it's so true. I mean, what's
0: and perception is such a powerful yeah. thing. And when you're that age and you look at someone, you're like, Oh, they have everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. um, I can relate with you on the skin thing. People say to me now, they're like, Oh, you have great skin. and mm-hmm. like, you don't, you, you, have don't no idea. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what I put on my face. Yep. <laughs> And mm-hmm. also, and like with body image, mm-hmm. I am the same size, same weight, pretty much for the last 15 years of my life. And I was a really skinny kid, but I also blossomed early and I was, you know, 11 years old with big boobs and a big butt. And that's not cool to be be bigger like you know developed than everyone else when everyone's walking around flat as a board and you're like why do I have these boobs <laughs> and, yeah and so I was always uncomfortable and it informed the way I dress I didn't want to show them off I didn't I wasn't ready to feel sexy I felt uncomfortable it felt mm-hmm. gross mm-hmm. and and you know I'll get comments I'm like oh like well you know your body and I'm like thanks but like it also comes with some baggage that I've had to get over Absolutely. and because what looks like what you might perceive it to be, whatever that is, it might not be what that person's feeling. And I've always too, um, was very conscious of that. And it, like as a teenager and I can remember an incident, somebody made a comment in like an English class and really just judged me like thinking, Oh, well you're just kind of like one of the cool kids. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Number one, number two, I, I don't know you and you don't really know me and this is really sad and you think I think this way about you and I don't and I was like you know I hope that can change but I'm not I I want you to know that I'm not judging you and mm-hmm. we can kind of perceive and put these stories on ourselves or pick them up from other people and um and Shane, I really like can attest to what you say like wanting people to feel welcome and included feeling like they have a place to go to either let off steam or just build some confidence is so, so important to me because you just don't know what's going on nope. in someone else's mind, in their home, in their own community. So it is, I mean, kindness, kindness, kindness <laughs> goes a very a long way. way. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That is, you know, it's, we all go through it. I mean, that's why we're teenagers. We're, mm-hmm. you know, horm- you know it's, it's a messy time. So when mm-hmm. people want to relive, I, I totally, it's like, I would never go back.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> and I think what's interesting is, like, along the journey, I, we could probably all pinpoint, like, maybe the first thing for me was, like, seeing exercise as something I used to try to fit in. And mm-hmm. then over, you know, 15, 20 years, it's become, mm-hmm. I move my body, because I love myself, right? So it's this trajectory and there's like so many different points along the journey where I feel like for me, you know, I didn't transition to becoming a movement teacher until my mid thirties, you know what I mean? So it's like all these points along the way, pain and like learning and growth and all those things that you then take this little bit of knowledge. And then for me, it ended up being like, okay, movement is my language that I'm going to teach others to you know learn how to love themselves learn how to be open and be curious and you know all of these other things um but it's it is interesting to look back and see all those points where <laughs> you're like whoa tony little all right tony <laughs> little or um uh, richard simmons oh my like, god <laughs> have you seen those memes
0: it's like where is richard simmons like yeah. the poor guy like you don't want anyone to become a meme but i'm like you know what where I want him around. He was so happy. Tilted, like, he was so <laughs> positive. And those shorts. Oh my goodness. I they, I love that stuff. I love any like put like sparkles on it and jazz hands and just it's happiness for me. I'm like, oh my god, it's great. <laughs> um so Nadia, um, how did you find Bar? And kinda can you bring us in on when you first were introduced to it, like, what were your thoughts? Was it like love at first sight or was it something that grew on you?
2: Um, So as I mentioned before, I wanted to do fitness and I was writing for fitness and I loved um, Zumba, yes, Mm. at the time. And I was taking a ton of Zumba classes. And then I eventually got certified in Zumba. And then I was just sort of like, "Mm, I need to offer more than just Zumba. I didn't want to be that Zumba person on the cruises and all that (laughs) stuff. I mean, it's all good, but that, I knew that that wasn't for me. So um, I was, as I mentioned, I have my blog and I was writing at the time and I had interviewed a bunch of different people in the bar space um, from Extend Bar to Beyond Bar, which Michelle, I think you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And um, the PR person, I asked her, can you connect me to the owner of Beyond Bar? Um, I want to talk to her again because I'd interviewed her, but I wanted to talk to her about her certification process. So I was looking at the other stuff like pure bar and I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at anything, but I wanted something where there was more flexibility. um, And I didn't see, I loved, I loved a lot of those chain classes, but I did feel a sense of um, exclusivity and I didn't Mm -hmm. want to move forward with that, with with whatever discipline I chose. So uh, she connected me with Colleen, who's the founder and I got certified and then the following month, I found out I was pregnant. So then Ooh. I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> uh, okay, I guess I'm not going to do this for nine months. And then I started Googling it and seeing people bar, bar and bumps and things like that. And I was just like, I could totally do this my entire pregnancy. And that's exactly what I did. And I've never, I got stopped teaching Zumba, I stopped teaching general fitness. And I've just been teaching bar, I mean, at this point in my life, I only want to do something I love doing, and I didn't really, really love doing Zumba anymore, and I didn't love doing some of those, you know, hit classes and stuff like that. I love taking it, but I didn't want to teach it. I have, like, I get excited about teaching bar, and I knew
0: that I had found something that that was for me, so that's how that happened. That's awesome. Now, how old is your little one now?
2: Max, he turned two
0: in this, this past December, so. Yay. yeah, has he has he started and do you do moves with him at home do you guys do you try to get him to move to some of your bar workouts it's funny that yet? you say that so like <laughs>
2: sometimes if I'm doing like an insta story or something and I pick one of those emojis of a girl exercising he goes mama so like he's already started to correlate me with with fitness oh and I love then, it and like he starts doing his baby squats and he tries to do points yes. yeah it's really yes. cool you really got that <laughs> So in my home office, this is a funny story. I don't want to go on. But um, my mom was watching watching Max. And so he said, Grandma, come. And then so he brought her into my office. He's like, Mama, exercise. Come on, Grandma. And I was just like, what? Like, you don't realize. Honestly, guys, they are sponges. And they don't Mm. forget. And so (laughs) that just really makes me happy. Because I just want to really set a good example for him. And so, yeah, he totally gets fitness and all that stuff. He's already a little bar babe. Yeah, I right, oh love
0: it. I, I love it. Oh, it's so good. You do you like? Yeah, you don't realize like what they're. You know, I taught kids dance classes, and you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I don't think they're they're really getting it, and then they do, and then they come up with these answers and things to say to, and you're just like, oh wow, you really yeah. you hear it. And I used to not teach like the French words in ballet to my little guys, and I just you know I just started putting like kind of funny sing-songy phrases together for them to get these little combinations and they would be speaking French I mean they're they're it's whatever you're exposing them to right so uh, I mean not like fluent French I mean we're talking just ballet terms but they could say it and they would get it and you're like great like moving on they're no big deal yeah exactly just a part of what they do um that's great and then Shannon how about you what was the moment and first impressions for bar. Yeah,
1: for you. yeah. You know, I didn't know really anything about bar and before 2014. Um, like I said, like leading up through 2010, I was mainly doing triathlon and then kind of getting into CrossFit a little bit when I moved back home to Boston. And then I was like, oof, that's too intense for me. But I saw so I was mainly doing yoga. And then when I moved back out to San Diego. I was just like, you know, it's time to try something new. I tried going for on a couple of runs just because it was like what I did living in San Diego. I was like, let's go for a run. And I was like, you know what? I think I need to move on. And I remember uh, one of my new co-workers, she was like, you know what? There's a studio right down the street from where we work. You want to come? and she said and it was bar three and I I was like sure you know I'm always up for anything trying something at least once and she brought me and I waltzed in I'm like "Mm, yeah whatever like I can run 26 miles after biking 100 like big deal you know and i was like obviously like I'm not arrogant like that but I was just thinking to myself like okay what what's this gonna be like yoga like whatever I got my butt kicked like (laughs) I remember like being in the front like at the mirror like my within the second minute like my legs were just shaking uncontrollably and one thing that i really appreciate about bar three as an organization is they are big on community and welcoming people so immediately they're like shannon welcome here's here's your station like here's where your core ball is all these things and i was like wow like this is vip service and just felt immediately welcomed into the family and into the fold and i remember just like wobbling and we were like not even barely through warm-up and i was like okay (laughs) humble pie (laughs) consumed and I remember the music just being so amazing and as I mentioned like music is at the core of my being like everything is about music it's one of the main things I love about Relevate and creating classes is the music that I use to tell a story and they just it was just amazing I was like oh yeah this is that these are some jams I could get into and that was it. Like within a week, I was a member there and that that was the end of that. Like I was obsessed. I was going five times a week, met a lot of friends there and then I think it was within like three, four months, I auditioned to become an instructor. I was like, I really want to do wow. this. I think um, this would be an amazing opportunity. It puts together everything I love. There's a yoga component. Um, there's like shaking and quaking and there's music and super high energy <laughs> and like I feel like your endorphins kick in right away. I was like, I want to learn how to teach this. And I, I actually, it was funny. Like I went into the audition being like, okay, like there could be a chance. And they didn't take me the first time around because I was such a new client. And um, the owner and my good friend now, she was like, oh, you know, come back. Come back again. Like don't give up. And I stayed and just like die hard, kept staying at the studio. And then another season went by and auditioned. And that was it. became an instructor. So yeah. Gets you. Gets you. It's it just you like in. the hook. <laughs> there was a hook. Yeah, I never it, like, pictured myself. Like, I, look, I laugh sometimes and it's like, I never would have thought that because my dream was like, open a yoga studio and open this. and But you just have to be open to the mystery. <laughs> you know? just, exactly. I mean,
0: and then it all like, kind of makes sense. Like, all of the things that you love and it drives you forward mm-hmm. comes together. Yep. You know, movement and music and community, it's all, it's all right there. And finding finding that purpose, even whatever you do. And we're all very lucky that we get to do what we do full time mm-hmm. and love it so, so, so much. And I know that a lot of people don't, and I've had these conversations and people will be like, Oh, well you get to do what you love. And it's like, okay, well I don't love it every day. Like I don't always want to wake up Monday morning. <laughs> like I love what I do. I do. I love, love, love it. But there are sometimes I'm like, Oh, I gotta answer this email. Like i putting it off. Like, I don't want to do this today, or I just want to sit on my couch and watch all of the Netflix, or I just want to, you know, whatever. And, you know, finding whatever is for you, whether it is your job, what makes you money, or whether it's finding outside of your job, that passion or that hobby, or, you know, if you're a student of bar or student of movement, finding those things that, you know, just push you forward that, brighten your day where you can do the mundane and the boring and with happiness almost, you know, and I don't know if you've watched that. I'm very, I mean, clearly I'm very into Netflix, but that Marie Kondo, like the art of tidying up, you know, Mm. does this bring you joy? It's a mundane task. And the things we have to do, you know, we have to brush our teeth if we want to keep our teeth in our mouths. Like we have to (laughs) clean our laundry. You got to like do the chores and finding joy even in those things because it's going to lead you to your passion I mean I think it's so so important and we're very lucky doing what we do Uh, maybe you guys can kind of chime in on you know maybe the non-bar teachers that might be listening of you know the importance or maybe just how you infuse your passion and your purpose into your everyday life and Nadia if you want to start us off that's a heavy question. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, really? we're going spiritual. <laughs> we're going, we're going for it. it. Sorry, oh, I, know, I know. I love it.
2: So my passion and purpose in my everyday life, right? Is that what? The question yes. Is? Okay. Yeah. So I, as I said earlier, I was really. I've I've had jobs where I was just not happy, and because I wasn't happy in my workplace, that that transcended into my personal life. I was grumpy. Mm-hmm. I was snapping at people, and. My husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, said he saw a complete transition when um, I decided to launch Naughty Murdoch Fit. I was more, ha- you know, I was a delight to talk to. I wasn't, <laughs> I, wasn't, I didn't need a cup of coffee to, ha- to say something. And it's, it's funny because I didn't, I was like, wow, that, I you don't realize how you come across to others because you're so engrossed in your unhappiness and you're mm. like, oh that you don't realize, like, damn, I was, I was nasty, I was bitchy. And um, it really, it just, it really showed me that life is too short to do stuff that you don't like doing. Like, you know, as Michelle said, there are ups and downs for, for what you're doing in life. It's not always roses, you know, you gotta do some of the mundane stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't mind being up 12 o'clock at night when Max, you know, Max is fast asleep working on a blog post or, you know, a, an event coming up or whatever. And like, that's how I knew that I was doing what I want to do. I think it's very important. And I think so many people are like, well, I got to work a nine to five. Like, well, yeah. Um, but, you know, you can always find your purpose and your passion. And until you figure that out, that can be your nine to five. That can be your life. I think society has trained us to think you have to work for the man. You can't do what you want to do. <laughs> you know, and it's not true. It's so not true. I'm like listening to a lot of podcasts and books. I've told Michelle about this, crushing it. I'm obsessed. Um, Girl, wash your face. These are all people that work nine to five and are now living with passion and sharing it with others. So I think it's, I think it's very important just to listen to your heart and as crazy as it may sound, you can make that your passion. It can, it can sustain you. It can be your living so I think that's
0: really important. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I mean, it, it yeah, it's so like what brings you joy? And if you're doing something that isn't bringing you joy, it does come across. That it infiltrates your entire life. Yes. And when I got out of college, you know, I went to school for dance. There's no money in that. And the money that's in it is very small unless you choose certain pathways like teaching or owning a studio and not maybe not even teaching, teaching higher level, I should say. And I graduated and the market crashed. And guess what? No one's giving to the arts. No one's hiring. Definitely no one's paying you to, like, do modern dance and roll around the floor. Like, no one's <laughs> <laughs> paying for that. They might pay to see you a little bit, but nothing to sustain. And um, it's been interesting to kind of come through that. What well, That was, like, what, 10, 10 years ago now? Like, two, yeah, what are we, 2019? 11 years ago, you know, big market crash. And seeing friends that had to put dreams on hold or thought they were going to do something for the rest of their lives and had to go back to school or change their minds or not pursue something because they couldn't afford it. And I think it made us very resilient in the us as the collective us, but like resilient in the way of like, okay, if I have to switch it up or if I'm not making any money anyways, what am I going to be doing? Or like, how can I figure this out? And I think it's Uh really – blossomed or bloomed these really creative entrepreneur pathways for so many people Mm -hmm. you know and i never thought i would be doing a podcast i never thought i would be doing my own website i mean i think it as horrible as that moment in time and the you know ripple effects of it it's made our society i think challenge that nine to five idea like can i can i do something different teaching bar classes can bring in money. Great. Like how I can make this my life, you know? So it is important it's life is too short. And, you know, I am somebody that wants to live till I'm like very well into my hundreds. I think that'd be hilarious (laughs) and awesome. (laughs) And, and it's a long, it's a long, but short time. So your time can go quick because you're having the best time of your life, or it can be dragged out, minute minute. Yeah. <laughs> um and how about you, Shannon? Could you
1: oof yeah. I mean it's maybe such a big topic. I feel like oh, no. I feel like this could be a whole <laughs> podcast, like a, a podcast with different themes. <laughs> um but Absolutely. I feel like one of the things that I noticed like growing up, I was totally in tune with the programming of you go to school you need to know what you're going to do because you better mm-hmm. pick up the right major for yourself. And mm-hmm. then of course, the major I chose required post-education to the max and you mm-hmm. wouldn't, you know, finally be able to get a job till you're in your thirties. And I was just really bought into this, all this information, you know, mm-hmm. that I ha- this was going to be the path for me. And I remember getting my first job outside of finally like decades of school and thinking to myself oh this is it (laughs) okay you know and just feeling like you know year after year my soul was just getting crushed like a little bit more and then this thing of like okay well you've worked this hard it's important that you stay and give it that Mm -hmm. good old best you know we're all from Mm -hmm. east coast I'm from Boston so it's like you know I grew up in this like You keep working, you keep going, Mm -hmm. you keep fighting, all these things and not stepping back and saying, oh, you know, what, what's really important to me? And for me, it personally took, uh, I was traveling and ended up in 2010 and ended up coming back really sick and really a lot of health problems for several years that caused me to step back and say, what's important to me? You know, I never, and this is like, I'm 32 now at that point, like what's important to me? what do I love? I'd like never ask myself that. Like, sure. If someone said, do you love biology? I said, yeah, yeah. I love it. I think it's interesting. It's super cool. Like, but what I just never asked myself these important questions and does making X figures a year, does that mean anything to me? Does owning a house mean anything to me? Does having X, Y, Z that we're all told, like, as soon as we exit the womb, like, these are the things you should want in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I never asked myself if that was really what I wanted. And when I finally did, I realized that I was outside the box. Cause I actually, a lot, what a lot of people find important for them is not important to me and that's mm-hmm. okay. You know, it's just, it's, it's just, I found that I was different and then I realized that it was like, okay, well, what, what does bring me immense joy? Like, where do I see, like where do I see myself investing my energy and where do I gain energy? Because I feel like when, you are choosing to pursue a passion like Nadia said, it's like, it doesn't have to be either or like you can have your main grind nine to five and be working on your side hustle. And that's what's giving you the energy and the momentum to continue on. And eventually you end up switching it over or like me, I just took the leap. I said, I'm, I'm out. Like I'm out of court, this corporate gig, I'll never do it again. And I leaped, you know, four years Mm -hmm. ago, like, and I was like, "This, I'm done with this, you know? And so it doesn't, the one, the one thing I'd want to impress on people is that there's no one right journey, no matter what podcast you listen to, to the entrepreneur who makes seven figures, like, oh, well, I did it this way, <laughs> like, please buy my program so you can mm-hmm. do it too. Like, warning, mm-hmm. warning, like, that's not how it works, like, <laughs> at all, at all. And so it's, it's really so like stepping back and you, I was just like, kind of jotting down words things the other day. And I, I wrote something down and I was like, woo, it kind of hit me. It's like, you are your own best influencer, right? We see all these Instagram influencers. Okay. Mm. These people are, have some valuable knowledge bombs to drop. Well, how about you? How about yourself? Like, how about your own knowledge, your own intuition, like things that bring you passion, you know, a hell of a lot more. Hopefully I can say hell. You can, <laughs> hell, can say hell. A hell, a, <laughs> more, <laughs> a hell of a lot more about what brings you joy than someone who doesn't know you. So it's like, what, what is that? And when people talk, I feel like now, like being the entrepreneur is like the sexy, fancy thing to do, mm-hmm. right? It's like, everyone should leave their nine to five. Okay, well, not everyone wants to do that. Like, right. and that's okay. But it's right. It's like really stepping back and looking and saying like, can I carve out time before I jump ship from my nine to five to really take stock of like, what's important to me? What brings me joy? Do I want to turn my passion into my full-time job? Because that's something I've honestly struggled with over the last few years, feeling burnt out and being like, man, like all this stuff I'm super passionate about. I'm tired and I kind of want to move to Costa Rica right now and like <laughs> just lay on the beach for the rest of my life. So it's like really stepping back and, and being willing to have answers that are different than ex-entrepreneur who made it or from someone who is killing it at their corporate job, being willing to own what it is that you really want, and taking a step from there, and in your journey, consistently stepping back and rechecking in—like, is this still what I want? Have I changed? Have I evolved? And the answer is yes. Yeah. You probably have changed and evolved. <laughs> so, yeah, I
0: I love that you said own it. I think today is a day that I've heard that word. I, was, I had a question come in from somebody else, and this will be posted about, you know, on my social a lot because it's a question that keeps coming in of like, okay. I'm doing it. How do I own it? Whatever you're doing, whether you're a bar teacher or not. And I think that's the point, Shannon. It's like, how are you owning that confidence and your purpose and standing in your power in a way of being like, okay, this is what I like. I, or say like, I love my nine to five job. Mm-hmm. I like filing papers because it gives me the money to do X, Y. Z. Exactly. Or I love being able to do my passion because it brings me so much joy that I get to do the things I want to do. Maybe I don't have the same amount of money, but it'll come because I know I am driven and Mm -hmm. moving forward. It's owning that. And I think getting curious, asking those questions, we get asked a lot. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's a a definitive answer. And I heard somebody else talking about this and I wish I could remember like who posted about it or who said it or where I heard it. Um, But it's like, it's not about getting to that end point. You're just always growing It's not, oh, when I grow up, it's like, okay, I've, I'm supposed to be a grown-up right now and I'm still just, I'm still new at what I'm doing. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still, but asking those questions, writing them down and sharing them and owning it because you're sharing it, it's just, that is the key, the key, the key, the key. And, you know, in, during like my day, it's like, okay, like if I'm having a day where you know, I don't maybe want to answer so many emails or I'm like, Oh, I got to do these like mundane tasks. And I'm not, you know, knocking my emails. I love answering everybody that emails me, but (laughs) I'm talking about like making doctors and stuff like that. It's like, I don't want to get back to my insurance company. Like that's annoying. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but when I have those days where I'm not feeling, you know, sunshine and rainbows, I've given myself kind of ways to kind of tap into that and, for me, like if I take a walk, like that to me, like clears the head, like just put me on a path somewhere, anywhere, walking in the city, walking out in, in nature would be great. Like I found a few parks near me that I can look at a tree. I mean, it's winter right now and we're kind of in that winter blues on the East Coast, right? We don't have the luxury of just always opening our doors and it being beautiful. And so I've had to kind of figure out different strategies of like, all right, we'll kind of in a little bit of a rut, what are the things that will kind of warm me back up? Is it just feeling warm? Do I just want to feel close to someone? Do I need to pick up the phone and call a friend or, you know, having these different tools. So whatever you're doing, whatever pathway you're on or journey that you're on or trajectory, wherever you're going, you'd always tap back into your higher purpose or your your mission as a human, like, and feeling good about it and not comparing and not going back to the 12 year old self that's like oh well you know she looks like this and I wish I could look like that or she has this job now and I wish I had that job or wow that influencer life looks so amazing well guess what there's like 48 hours that was behind <laughs> that post and post-production and mm-hmm. oh yeah 100%. And, and it's still their job and it's still that's a job you know so the sparkly things that we see all the time it sounds sexy. It sounds great. But no matter what, we're all going to have to work hard. And it's about finding those ways, I think, to make it joyful for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Agree. <laughs> and um, so, Nadia, outside of maybe fitness or something like that, where do you draw your inspiration the most? Um,
2: talked about support my brother is my best friend and Mm. you know sometimes when I'm feeling like especially after I had my son I felt like there's no way how I can do this um you know I felt really really overwhelmed and I I still get um bouts of that from time to time I want to do so much you know and so Mm. you know he is oh he has been my biggest cheerleader he, I mean he's one part of the reason why I lost the weight after college he bought me a gym membership for a year and like he was just like hey I know you love the gym I know you can't afford it here go enjoy and like hmm. really find him to be like the biggest support so anytime I'm feeling kind of stuck or unsure he he encouraged me to start my own podcast he has really been a great sounding board for me and I think that um It'd be nice if everyone could have that, but if you don't pull in some people, you know, like the Michelle Obamas of the world or whatever. Wherever you Ooh, read that ins- book. Read that
0: book.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wherever you find your inspiration, know that you can be inspired. I feel like a lot of people feel like they're stuck and that's it. And um, you know, you did talk about the glitz and glamour that people see outside looking in, but it's a lot of hard work and people don't realize it's not always rosy. I may post pictures of my family, but Right now, there's a stack of laundry I'm looking at. And, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm curled up sick. So, like, but I feel like wherever you can find your inspiration to get you revved up again, it's so important. And I think for me, it's my brother. And, you know, just taking a moment for myself sometimes to reflect on some, you know, go-to mantras and, like, just, like, re. Sometimes you just need a break. You know, sometimes I feel I need to go, go, go. And, you know, it's okay. It's okay to take a nap. It's okay to watch your favorite show. And then, like, in the past, I felt lazy. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? And actually, when I take that moment away from everything that I have to do, I come back that much better. I have a more clear head. I can get stuff done more efficiently. So I think it's important just to find your inspiration where you can and be, be kind to yourself.
0: Amazing, Shannon. How about mm, you? Mm, Where are you drawn? Is it person, place thing? It's, <laughs>
1: I mean, there's several. I mean, being in nature for sure is one of my huge inspirations. Like, like you said, Michelle, just going for a walk. Oftentimes, it is with music. That's like never. I don't think I'm ever not listening to music. Well, that's not true. Um, but it's <laughs> it's just the just the sense of. Something that's bigger than me and nature being so ancient and um, intelligent, brilliant, right? I mean, just seeing, knowing how do flowers bloom and how do the trees grow and all this wisdom that we are surrounded by all the time and beauty. It's, it's like just constant inspiration and just seeing how nature can be hardy and re- resilient and, you know, the trees on the East Coast that lose their leaves and, Go dormant all winter and then bloom and are beautiful in the springtime just like that growth cycle for me like just that symbolism is so inspirational right that there are these periods of time in your life where you're blooming and everything feels like it's it's growing and you're going and there's all this connection synchronicity and then you know, you, fall comes and you harvest it and then winter comes and you slow down and you recheck in. Like, how are you feeling? What's next? What's the next iteration? And then you plant seeds and then out, out you go again. So constantly inspired by um, nature. And in terms of inspiration and just like nourishing myself, it's a lot of it's around like being around people, believe it or not, like hearing other people's story. Like, I really, a lot of times when I'm talking with someone or go out with someone, I love, maybe I should be a podcast host one day. I love asking (laughs) questions. Like, I could just ask people questions about their lives forever. And, like, I can be on the street and just, I can, I, like, talk to the Whole Foods clerk, like, forever. I'm just, like, everyone behind me is, like, are you you leaving, lady? I'm, like, I want to know about you. Right? So it's hearing people's story and and hearing, you know, not that I want to hear about people's hardship, but it's, like hearing how people overcome things. And, and really, I like to, maybe it's the coach in me, like to pull out those pieces and say, look what you did. Like, look what you overcame and look at the strength that you have inside. And to me, that really fills me up to see like resilience and the power of the human spirit and those kind of stories of people coming together and supporting one another. So I feel really inspired by that. And I feel like creating more story around that is so important now in the world we live in, right? So Absolutely. I mean,
0: I am opposite of you. If somebody starts talking to me at the cash register (laughs) or in my Uber, I, like, shrink down and I'm like, you can't see me. I'm actually a very, very shy person, believe it or not, even though this is – but because I can't see people that I'm talking to, I have a much easier time – I'm a phone gal. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and I've always been like super shy, like to the point where I would literally like would slither across the street and like not knock on my neighbor's door and just waited for them to notice that I was there so I could come in. Like I was painfully shy Aww. as a kid. And I, although I don't spark, I'm better now. Like I can, I definitely can hold a conversation. It, it takes me war- to a long time to like warm up in a big group if I'm not in teaching mode. When I'm in teaching mode, I'm like a, to- that's like my, I go into like theater mode. I'm a different person. But I do find like with the conversation said, I'm a big small talker mm. and I, I think it's important to to ask about the weather. You know, like those kind of conversations people hate having like, oh, how what's the weather today? Oh, it's snowing today. Oh man. Like those conversations to me are like the gateway into someone's soul. Like if you can get through the weather talk, the oh man, the trains are late today, and you find common ground immediately, it always turns into something more you I always end up learning more about clients or about mm-hmm. people in my neighborhood or I I enjoy that. I live with a lot of older people in my building. And, you know, even today walking out, it's like, oh, it's not as bad today. Like, I love that. And I think you can, I don't know, connect and find out things about people that you might not have if you're not the extrovert,
1: like Shannon is chatting (laughs) it up to everybody. (laughs) I'm not always extroverted. I'm pretty introverted at home. But yeah, it's just, it's interesting to hear from other people. And, it's just like connecting our humanity together because I feel like it's easy to say, oh, well, that person's so different from me. But really at the core we have the same needs and and the same desires from our heart. So it's, um, it's, it's interesting. I'm constantly inspired by my clients. That's for sure.
0: They're so great. Mm -hmm. And I mean, all three of us can truly say that like community is a big big part of what we do and I'm sure it comes out in your teaching so I know there's all different types of teaching styles like there's like boot camp type there's the cheerleader there's the like you know ballet master like really beating that technique in um so I want to hear from you like how and maybe like three words or so like would you describe yourself as a teacher Nadia how do you go first oh um I think I'm
2: I like to make jokes. I like to have people feel relaxed. So um, I know because fitness is later in my life, I know what I would look for in an instructor. So I try to emulate that as an instructor. So I try to make people feel comfortable. Um, you know, I go over, I introduce myself and, you know, just make them feel at ease. So I think that's one. Two, challenging. I don't like, especially if you've been taking my class for some time, I want you to always feel challenged when you walk into that door. I don't want you to know every routine I'm going to do. I don't want you to know. I don't want you to plateau. I really want you to feel challenged. And then three, I would say creative. Um, I try Mm -hmm. to switch it up. You know, um, that's one of the reasons why I like where I teach. There's not a set way to teach the class. You could take the class with a different instructor and get a completely different experience, more of a dance background with me I like I like to add some creativity and you know and then they love it you know they complain but they love it so so I think that's what I try to do and I I did you know it's funny I didn't I didn't go in teaching my classes like this is what I'm gonna do you know I had it written out at one time I had a big poster board I was like this is ridiculous but with comfort and you know time I realized hey this is my style you know and um, it's what keeps people coming so I think that's Perfect.
0: Shannon, what kind of teacher are you, especially coming from Iron man slash iron woman. I'm scared now. I do yeah. not let the
1: yoga fool you. Well, that's, there's some truth behind that. I don't know. Maybe you should ask the clients what these three were. I, I feel like I'm going to ask that tonight in class, see what they say. But definitely starting out, it's welcoming mama bear. I mean, it's like the, some, if you're new, like I come right to you and say, hi, I'm Shannon. What's your name? You know, ask them about themselves, what they're working with, injuries, things like that. Show them where they need to be. Um, so welcoming is really the first, most important thing to me. Um, I would say, I don't is this a word? I'm an empower, like power, like my classes are Mm -hmm. powerful. And I don't mean that from like an arrogant way. There's a ton of power, like between the music and the way like connecting music to art, different energies, depending on what I would like the client to do. Um, there's just a lot of power behind it and connecting that with, teaching self-love so I'm a big self-love teacher so I'm big on I teach. I can teach like if you teach to the T and take every layer that I give you your ass is going to be kicked till next week <laughs> for sure <laughs> and I give all these options within an exercise it's funny i had like a debate with a an instructor once at a, at a festival that well you shouldn't give too many options I said well what if this client comes in and struggles with Mm -hmm. being like told, like what if they have an injury? What if their energy is really low and you're forcing them to go to the deepest layer and you don't give them any other option. Are you teaching them sovereignty? Are you teaching them that they're their best teacher? Are you teaching Mm -hmm. them that they actually know more about their body than I ever will as the instructor in the moment? Mm -hmm. So really it's about empowering women to practice self-love, there's a difference between saying, oh, like sandbagging the exercise and saying, oh, I'm practicing self-love. Like, well, that's, that's a boundary that people need to be honest with themselves about. Like, am I practicing self-love or do I, am I checking out? Like, those are two different sure. things. And, but I feel that you need both that power for people who are coming in or stressed or have so much energy and they want to just work through it. And then welcoming in the same person who just had their heart broken the day before and needs to move gently. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, my classes can hold both, and, like, any person in between. And, like, that's what I feel is so important, because everyone's coming from a different place. Like, everyone's emotional state, how their heart feels, their mental state. Everyone's coming in the door with something different. And I want to make sure that I give an opportunity for that client to get exactly what they need. And in order to do that, we have to co-create the experience together. It's not um, just me, right? It's her, her or him or whoever comes into the class wants to put their energy in and say, okay, I'm putting my chips on the table, let's play, right? And we, all, we create something <laughs> together, right? Because that's really about what, what I feel like a successful class is, is it's co-creation.
0: Absolutely. I mean, both of you saying, like, welcoming your class and – you know, something I, I, I learn everybody's name and I really try to like connect with people through that kind of like, Ooh, we, I teach at a studio that's a four flight walk up and it is the best conversation piece. Like it never gets old to talk about those four stories <laughs> of stairs and that welcoming, it's not to welcome people into like a trick, like, Oh, now I'm going to get you, you know, and that power of it, Like, giving co-creating with your clients giving them the opportunity to take it or to take care and I'm not Mm. even going to say leave it because maybe they'll leave it maybe that's them taking care of themselves or you know okay and it is empowering and it's not it's not a challenge it's I I say this to my classes all the time like listen I'm not saying 10 more because I'm challenging you you know up to 10 go up to 10, see what happens. If it's too great. I'm not, I don't care. It is for you if it's a new exercise. So I do that a lot, especially in Pilates. Actually, I do that. Like, listen, I'm not challenging you. I'm not trying to like dare you into an exercise that (laughs) you're not ready for, but we'll just see what happens, you know? So I I love that. And I love the welcoming aspect and that's going to segue right into our bar babes unite. So this all kind of came about. So Nadia and I had, you know, connected already through Instagram. We've met each other in person and we were just kind of always staying connected through our messages, through other things that were going on. And then Shannon and I, same thing. Instagram is a beautiful place. We connected and we started posting things that We both, it was resonating with us. So we sent each other a few DMs and it came up of like, you know, we should do something together. And I was like, Hey, I'm coming to California. Let's make it happen. And then Nadia, I got on her amazing podcast. You have to check it out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's like, you know, I really would love to do something on the West coast. And I was like, girl, we have to talk after this podcast. (laughs) Perfect. We like did it. We came together and, had this vision of community and what bar babes unite is it's a one-day community event for all bar lovers brought to you by the three of us so it's the east coast meets west coast and whether you are a teacher a studio owner a bar addict or brand new to bar this event is to bring you and like-minded people together and it's filled with classes and workshops and opportunity for learning and connection and fun and we want people to experience different flavors of bar. You know, this is an industry where it's not just one way. And we want to include everybody in that. And we want people to see that it's, it can be different and it's fun to be different. So there is a lot of things happening that day. You know, I said the classes, the workshops, we have fun, like swag bags. We got a pop-up shop. We just want people to come feeling inspired, energized, and leave with a full heart And hopefully making lifelong connections like I feel like we have. So Mm -hmm. ladies, will you talk about Bar Babes Unite? Nadia, I'm going to have you start. (laughs) Whatever you want to talk about.
2: (laughs) Um, So just piggybacking on what Michelle said, it's a great full day event for community. And I, you know, I fell in love with the concept when I thought about where I was when I first entered the bar world and I wish I could find events like this. And I'm hoping that all the attendees will walk away, as Michelle said, with a full heart, feeling connected, a sense, maybe even some accountability partners, some bar buddies, Um, you know, it's a place for like-minded people to come together and really just experience the day. It's a workout, but it's also an opportunity to make new friends and make new relationships. And so we're super excited to head out to San Diego and meet up with Shannon at her studio. And then Shannon, do you wanna talk about how what this means to you for you and your community?
1: Yeah. So, oh my gosh, yes. So one of the things that I notice, of course, you look at different events and festivals and things that are out there, there's so many events and festivals around yoga and there's more for Pilates. And what I just noticed is there's not a heck of a lot going on in the bar world. And it was really inspiring to connect with you both and it was like wow two women that are just like really inspiring positive have a great message to share like want to talk about community want to be inclusive and I was like please like let's make something happen and it was just it's just so serendipitous that we're it's happening and I just can't (laughs) wait to see where this goes but it's really important to me that everyone especially if you're a bar lover if you're an instructor if you own a studio. You know, you're, you just take classes, you've never taken it at all, that everyone feels welcome. There's no VIP ticket that if you know bar, for, bar more than someone else that you're tr- treated differently, right? This is like everyone's coming to learn. We're all on the same level. And even as instructors, the three of us lead this event, we are going to be learning, right? And that's the beauty mm-hmm. is that we can always teach each other. And who knows what can come out of it? Like another event other connections, more abilities to collaborate. It is just like so many opportunities. And that's, that's really what I see being the most important outcome of events like this is meeting one another, learning about one another, sharing our passion, laughing, sweating, burning, um, teaching, like all of it, and, and playing. And uh, like play as adults I think is really fun. And I think we're, we're breathing life into – this sort of experience for the bar world and, you know, it could expand to include other modalities, who knows, but it's really, I think this is a first of its kind sort of thing, certainly in San Diego. And I'm really excited for San Diegans and people from anywhere can come to this. So you're invited.
0: Yeah. I think like filling that need, right. There's all Mm -hmm. these yoga days or even Pilates days, like Mm -hmm. in workshops and, And that's kind of, you know, they've been around longer, right? So we're kind of in the beginning stages and it was really exciting for me to be a part of this, to offer that to other people, offer a day, like you want to learn how to travel and do your bar workouts. Here we go. We're going to learn about that. You want to learn how to like recover from class and calm your mind and find, you know, peace in your chaotic day here you go. Mm -hmm. Here's another fun way to, you know, we're going to do a fun with foam rollers workshop, like utilizing tools that you can have at home. Everybody, whether you're a teacher or non-teacher has a takeaway. And that Mm -hmm. was really important that, you know, a lot of what I do is geared towards teachers, but including our clients in that experience, like bringing them in even deeper, you know, maybe they're curious, maybe one day they'll be a bar instructor, maybe they won't, but maybe they just want more of what they love. And, having a day like that was really exciting. And I'm even more excited to see how it grows because it's not out there and, you know, not tooting our own horns like, the, oh, we're doing something no one else is doing. No. Like, that's not what we're, <laughs> I'm saying. It's more like, I want this. And I think um, one of you said earlier, oh, I think Nadia, it was you, you know, I teach in the way that I I want to be taught right uh-huh. along those lines. And we're offering something that we would want to do. And there was a moment I think Shannon said, well, as we were putting and continue to put it together, she said that, you know, I'd go, mm-hmm. I, you know, if this wasn't us putting together, it's, Oh, I would go to something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if we're just as excited, we know that other people are going to get just as excited to have a chance to try something different. Or even if you're teaching at a studio, and I know I connected a lot of people that, don't have access to a lot of different types of classes, you know, it's a way to bring something different to your area without having to maybe travel, you know, to the East coast. So it's just, it's fun. It's going to be a fun, fun day. And I hope we see lots of people there. It's, you know, it is limited space, but we're going to have a lot of fun and hopefully do this more and you know, just keep shouting from the rooftops and our nature mountaintops that it's all about (laughs) community. (laughs) And we're all invited. (laughs) No one left behind. So yeah, there's so many more details. Um, You know, we pretty much covered it. But please look at the show notes, there'll be more details there where you can you know, read about our workshops and read about what to expect and we'll be posting a lot on social media about it. And even if you can't come this time, just participating and hearing from you just on those platforms um means a lot to us. So connecting from afar is welcome as well. Um so yeah, I cannot wait San Diego in March. Not even- <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> So yeah, again, that date is March 10th and it's going to be at Shannon studio Relevate in San Diego. And again, check out the show notes and we have all the information there for you. So go check it out. But before I let these ladies leave, I do a segment called Heard at the Bar. It's something I do on social media. It's something that I've brought into this podcast. And, you know, we were talking about things, you know, the roundabout ways that we came to find bar and you know, coming to bar, there's a lot of things that are kind of myths that we hear about. And I want to know from each of you, like, was there something about bar that you um, either kind of know to be true, like something that you heard around it or hear other people talking about and you're like, oh, that's for sure true. Or is there something that surprised you to be untrue? So you know, the biggest one is like, oh, you had to have some kind of fitness or dance background in order to be a bar instructor, right? And we know that's not true. So um, Nadia, if you could go first, something that you know to be true or something that surprised you that wasn't true that you found out along the way. Um,
2: so before I got certified, I, I used to take bar classes. And what I heard to be true, which is not true, is that it's not a challenging workout. <laughs> Bar Bar is something you do on your relaxation day. Like, Mm. you know, like between spin and your, you know, weightlifting class. You do bar. Okay, yeah, no. So it's (laughs) super challenging. (laughs) I love it. Um, I still get people that walk, they're like, you know, that take my class and they're like, this is my off day. So I wanted to try something a little laid back.
0: Like, <laughs> okay, like, it is no longer, again. good luck. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: It's no longer your off day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, that, is, that is
2: definitely always speaks out in my mind. It makes me chuckle. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I know, like, just from dance and ballet in general, you are trained to look serene while chaos is <laughs> happening inside you you know like with what looks graceful on stage is the hardest thing i you know quick aside i took my husband to see this japanese buto company and if it's a um, you know post-world war ii very slow moving almost meditative the theatrical they're painted white in the faces can be very grotesque. And it's really interesting. If you ever get a chance to YouTube some Japanese buto, I highly recommend it. I love it. My husband fell asleep. He was like, (laughs) not doing anything. He's like, they're not doing anything. I'm like, oh, but they are like for, I mean, just so slow and controlled and amazing, amazing. And that is the attachment of bar, right? It becomes, it comes from, ballet bar that's where the word comes from and you know being trained to look like oh no big deal and I think as women we could say like that's a testament to the core of women right like oh I got this we look like one way on the outside and deep inside something else might be going on. <laughs> and that is our resilience we it may be some nature in there of like nurture or whatever but it's maybe something taught you can have that debate that's a whole nother podcast like are we taught to have the smile on our face and keep going you know and and bar has that attachment a little bit of that dance aspect of like oh it's so graceful and beautiful like it cannot be that hard and yeah i think there's enough photo evidence out there that <laughs> is, and videos yeah. and, you know that's those shakes it is not easy so yeah natty that's a that's an awesome one i love that shannon
1: how about you uh, I think one misconception, or you know, something to say, is like, "Oh, a man could never do this," or like, uh. um, you know, "Oh, well, this isn't a workout for a guy." And um, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, it's just not true. And I feel like, you know, I've had my boyfriend; he has come and taken class. He comes like sometimes twice a week to class, and like love loves it. it, and has seen. I mean, it, I mean, these viewable changes. Um, you know, physically and then mentally his mind is cleared. Like it's something that just is for women. Mm. Um, I feel like that's a big misconception. Now you can go to a studio environment where, you know, the music, it may cater to more women, the moves, or even some of the cues, you know, some of the cues it's like lift lift your high heels and stuff like that. It's like, if you go to a certain environment, it can very much cater to women. But like, there are like environment, the way that I teach, it's definitely gender neutral. And it's, you can come and it's like, ooh, ouch. You know, and I see sometimes like men come and pick up like five pound weights. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, okay. no, no. Okay, putting <laughs> those down in what four, are you doing? Three, two, done. Yeah, so yeah, it's I, just something that I feel like there's this misconception that, the this type of movement is for one gender or if it's for one body type or um or it's for your day off or something like that but it's really i feel like it's important that we as instructors and teachers share this information that it's it's functional movement essentially and that's necessary for everyone just like pilates is functional movement so um just sharing that you know, men can come in and get their butts kicked. And in mm. se- especially in the small range movements, which they're not necessarily trained to do, right? If you think mm-hmm. about football or more like basketball or more explosive um, plyometric movements, like it's way different than that. But at the same time, you're strengthening muscles in a way or strengthening the abdominals or deeper core that, you know, is so helpful mm. for, you know, what you do in everyday life. Um,
0: I love it. And I think what you touched upon of who you're teaching to that Mm -hmm. and um, the cues that you're using. And when we talked about welcoming, like, what are the words that we are saying to welcome, not just an individual walking to class, but who we'd like to see in class? Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if we you know, I hear, you know, kind of a herd at the bar today that I hear is like, oh, this would be so good for guys. Okay. Well, uh, you know, are you teaching in a way and it's fine if you're not are you teaching in a way that is geared towards women because your passion is to empower women mm-hmm. specifically totally or are you teaching in a way that is more functional training that your cues are not gender specific they're not the high heels it's not lift your you know bra line up it's not lift your boot you know mm-hmm. lift your seat I mean that's that is a cue I have to say I'm like I don't it, it's kind of funny to me I, I know it's out there like I'm like ooh, my seat like it feels dirtier than saying like <laughs> like your butt I don't know like I'm like ooh, seat I don't know anyways that's that's here. nowhere here there, are nowhere there <laughs> like certain words stick with you you're like mm. I had a friend growing up flesh that was her word she's like I never want to hear that word again oh, so interesting. mine might be seat I'm not sure where that comes from <laughs> I'm like oh god but what are you know as teachers we can be very conscious of our welcome you know who are we welcoming and Mm -hmm. if you take a step back and you look at your website you look at your social media or you look at the words you're saying in class if you're in a big studio and I you know I'm at a studio that teaches Pilates and I do get guys in my classes and I do believe you know the training I had with some other teachers, it's the wording. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't teach as if I'm a dancer putting on a bar or Pilates class. I don't teach as if, you know, it is just for women. And that's a specific choice that I make. So I have a different energy. And because I like teaching men, because I do think it's beneficial, it's a different energy. I get to mm-hmm. maybe like push it a little bit different. Um, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, it's being conscious of wh- what you're saying. And if people are still thinking, oh, it's not that hard or it's just for dancers or it's only for women, we have to look at like how we're presenting it out in the world. Mm-hmm. Is it pink? Is it bows? Is it like, who is the audience that you're trying to reach? And I think being very conscious of that instead of just wishing maybe, you know, having more inclusivity, like how, how you're presenting yourself will attract what you want. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think you touched upon that. Like just saying those cues, like high heels, like no, no, I don't know. Most men aren't going to want to like pretend they have high heels on unless you're <laughs> teaching a class that people go to heels classes, you know, mm-hmm. and there's another Instagram account that I can, th- like many of them, you know, these heels classes are so popular and they're men and they're amazing. They're powerful, but who's in your class who, you know, change up that cue maybe, or Mm -hmm. try a different one. Or, you Mm -hmm. know, there's one, like, you know, kind of when like you're squeezing your arm into your side, if you're trying to like pin your elbow into your waist and, you know, somebody's trying to find their lats in a way without just doing like a pull up or something, I always say, you know, like, imagine you're like holding all of your bags then a beer and then you're trying to call your friend on the other phone you're squeezing it all underneath your arms those are your lats, and people laugh you know I used to say like imagine you're holding your purse at a bar like we've all been there you're trying to like hold that stupid clutch purse like
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. underneath
0: your arm but for a guy the old school cue to that would be, like, imagine you're holding a newspaper underneath your arm. Like, mm. oh, my God. Like, no. <laughs> like, or even a briefcase. They're not holding. Like, what would they be holding? You know? Like, I can say mail. Like, maybe if you're trying to hold the mail, get your groceries or whatever. And then somebody calls you or you got your phone. I don't know. Like, it's not Like, just trying to, like, think of, like, what you're saying as to be true, you know? And what you're attracting, I think, is... To, you nailed it. And these hurt at the bars and these misconceptions or even like the surprises can be a surprise. Cause then somebody walks in they're like, Oh, I thought this was going to be easy. And you know what, you proved me wrong. Or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Oh, I thought like, a, you know, a guy comes to house, Oh, I thought it was really only for women. And, you know, I didn't really want to dance, but Hey, it's not dance. Here we are. You know, so, mm-hmm. so, so good. And um, I'm going to lead us into speaking of um, holding a beer at a bar Our next segment is what's in your bar, (laughs) and that's a—I know you like that one. That was a good segue. Amazing. (laughs) Um, And then B A R. And you know, I am a big tea drinker. It is cold, so you will find lots of tea in my bar right now. And um, I want to know for you: Are you what's stocked in your tea, coffee, juice, spirits? beer whatever kind of bar kombucha bar i want to hear from you guys your favorite drink of choice nadia
2: uh green tea um i do drink coffee but i think i've been trying to i'll do one cup of coffee if i do an obd cap but green tea it's just so simple i don't need anything maybe occasionally some lemon but i don't need anything but just a bag of green tea and some hot water so green tea
0: Efficient. I am a green tea gal too. Are you a matcha girl or no? Have you not gotten the matcha train?
2: You know, it depends. Like, if I get a matcha latte, sometimes they're made way too sweet. Mm. Um, I tried making it myself at home, not successful. So it's not the same. It's not the same. So I was just like, you know what? Let me keep it easy peasy and just stick to my green
0: tea. So, yes. That's well, that's you that. are a mama preneur trying to <laughs> run a business and run a <laughs> child so i get it tea yep. tea it is shannon how about you
1: uh, i love chai chai mm. is my jam mm-hmm. nice black chai coconut milk some cinnamon yum yum mm-hmm. i like that i like that i know i'm also
0: not a coffee girl I'd like too much caffeine when you're yes. like <laughs> i don't think i need high it. energy already. ready yeah <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's good and it's winter we like we need some warm warm drinks these days well Thank you. This has been so amazing. I'm so happy everybody could kind of tune into what usually happens weekly um, during our meetings for Bar Babes Unite. Um, And thanks for sharing your story and your journey with all of us. And can each of you tell the listeners where they can find and follow you?
2: Sure. Uh, You can find me at NadiaMurdochFit.com and Nadia MurdochFit on Facebook and Twitter and on Instagram at Nadia
0: Murdoch. Awesome. Shannon.
1: Awesome. So you can find our studio Relevate on Instagram at Relevate.life. Same on Facebook and Relevate.life is our website. And you can find me personally on Instagram at Shannon.Werner, spelled with an E and not an A. There you go. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Awesome. You guys are the best. Thanks. Thank you everybody for tuning in. If you'd like to write into the podcast, send an email to info at barvariations.com. You can follow us all over social media at bar variations. You can also visit the website at www.barvariations.com where you will find show notes, archive episodes, and more subscribe to this podcast on Apple podcasts, Google play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.